Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, it's uh, six thirty in the morning. Pitch dark outside. I'm just padding around uh, through the house, carrying a cup of tea around. Trying to stare out the window, see if it, the rain has actually stopped, which I think it has. And um, yeah, just getting all my bits and bobs ready to stick in the pannier on my bike because, for some bizarre reason, um, I got into my head a, a few weeks ago that I thought it'd be a good idea to cycle from London to Minehead. Will be over three days, <laughs> um, because um, today's Tuesday and on Thursday I need to be down in Minehead uh, because the following morning I start presenting, co-presenting the the darts, the Players Championship Finals on ITV, um, and <clears throat> I check the weather forecast and I'm hoping it's going to be dry for the next three days as I go. Well, first of all across London, then Hampshire, Wiltshire, Somerset, you know, across England really. Um, we'll see how I get on. Well, um, I'm on my way. I've set off uh, in the dark. Bang on seven o'clock in the morning. It's just beginning to get get light. Uh, the sun's kind of up now, and I've got as far as Clapham Common. I'm just, I'm just crossing the common, and I've just stopped briefly because this sound is just extraordinary. That is the sound of, well, there's a pond here surrounded by some straggly little trees, and in every tree, there are <coughs> hundreds and hundreds of parakeets. You know the green London parakeets that have taken over uh, the entire. Uh, the entirety of London's skies and uh, crowding out all the indigenous species, etc. Well, apparently they all hang out in Clapham Common before they go off their separate ways to annoy the local habitat. Anyway, better get going because I've um, got quite a long way to go still. I'm going away to leave you, I'm going to leave you in disgrace. Nothing in my favor, got the wind in my face, I'm going home. Hey, 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 over the hill. So, Richmond Park, uh, got a deer just uh, rather startled looking, big deer just crossing the road in front of me, and uh, lots of riders making their way across. Richmond Park in the rush hour and I've actually just come off the main sort of circuit road where she's pretty much nose to bumper four by fours. I've never really been through Richmond Park at rush hour before but I hadn't realised it fills up with motor traffic to the extent that it does. A couple more deer just trying to come across the road, get walking across the road in front of me. Quite an imposing sight and the usual array of uh, people out 
trying to take photographs of the deer with their very expensive cameras and long lenses. And now going up and over this surprisingly chunky hill in the middle of the park in the wrong gear. <coughs> I'm a bit behind schedule, I had no idea how slow I was going to be. <laughs> I've got quite a heavy pannier full of stuff for the next couple of days and uh, that coupled with the gradient I'm on and the fact that my legs are not very powerful means that my average speed is plummeting probably to single figures at the moment. So it's going to be a long day in the saddle. I'm going to get through the park and then make my mum make me a cup of tea but I think I'll still knock on the door she's about 20 minutes the other side of the park Finally, that's the sound of the M25. Blimey. Been riding for three and a half hours at least from South East London to get out of London, you know, the London Orbital on the other side on the west. And I've just realised how big England is and how far away Minehead is. <laughs> and also, I had a tailwind at the beginning and now it's turned into a properly sickly annoying headwind basically from the west, which is going to make my very very slow progress even more slow anyways so you can see I stopped for a quick cup of tea with mum who when I knocked on the door completely failed to recognize me literally silhouetted against the, the light and uh, wearing a helmet and she had absolutely no idea who I was uh, but wished me all the best and sent me on my way with a cup of tea but yeah just just reached the M25 <sighs> and also passing through uh, Dominic Raab's constituency for what felt like an age going through places like Walton and Weybridge and Chertsey and places like that I'm not to be honest I get a bit get a bit irritable in Surrey Don't, it's not my favourite county everyone around every corner there's a kind of huge villa that's being expensively extended so there's all these construction vehicles clogging up the roads and 4x4s taking kids to school and everyone's just a bit... <laughs> well, it's quarter to midday and uh, I've, since the M25 I haven't stopped. I've just battered on. Um, well into Hampshire now, I've escaped this, the clutches of Surrey. Still very overcast and for a while there was a light drizzle that just kept my jeans nice and damp um, as I did battle with see the problem is the problem is the countryside around here actually once you get out into sort of western Surrey 
and over the border into Hampshire it's beautiful especially this time of year like lots of beech trees birch forest and Yateley Common where the Ministry of Defence have an exercise ground I saw a few tanks armoured vehicles churning up the mud and stuff and a little light aircraft taking off and landing from this um, private airfield but so it is lovely countryside it's not looking great today because it's just grey and overcast and a bit chilly and dank um, but but because there's very little daylight especially on a dark day I mean I've got to be at the hotel really by the bed and breakfast by 3.30 3.45 because after that it's going to get you know in the countryside very dark and I don't have good history or track record of riding in the darkness in the countryside and escaping with all my limbs unbroken so um, so limited that's why I got off I got off so early this morning I got limited actually limited hours in the day to get this ride done which is uh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it but it's the problem is you can't fiddle around and go on all the lanes and all the b- really lovely B roads and I'm sure there are some very nice quiet lanes around here but I've been <laughs> battering along the A30 um, for the last hour it feels like an hour and it's not nice I've had one altercation with a m- maroon Range Rover the driver of a maroon rain- Range Rover who wanted to school me in where I should be on the road and that was unpleasant um, and a couple of vans overtaking me and you know being nasty rude ruffians <laughs> winding down the window and saying rough bullying things um, but you know that's cycling in Great Britain isn't it brilliant uh, anyway onwards I hear the drizzle of the rain Like a memory it falls Soft and warm continuing Tapping on my... Well, this is better. No sooner had I recorded that rather despondent little insert just now. Um, turning out of a place called... Whitney Yateley or Yateley Whitney or something like that. One car's coming past me now, but I, yeah, turned onto a, a genuine lovely country lane. They've just trimmed the hedge alongside the road, which is always a bit, this time of year, slightly hazardous in terms of puncturing. But either side of me are ancient, very tall oak trees um, growing in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways. Quite, quite Lord of the Rings, actually. And, um, yeah, dense, pretty old forest to my left and on my right, the grounds of what looks like a some sort of stately home. It's a very weird, like, monument made out of very white stone just to my, to my right. It looks slightly oriental, just sitting in these uh, landscape gardens. And ahead, ahead of me on the road, just coming towards me, um, a couple of hundred metres away, is a cyclist. And since I left kind of... Well, London, to be honest, which was absolutely chock full of cyclists this morning. I've, I've barely seen a cyclist at all. Surrey, so famous for its cycling. A couple of old old folk I've kind of like nodded at as they've passed me on, on the other route. But, uh, yeah, it's a cyclist just making, making their way along here. Hello. Wearing a nice elderly gentleman with a very upright position on a bike, wearing a... Uh, a a knitted hat looks slightly homemade and a high-vis gilet. 
Anyway, this is much, much more like it. 20, 20 odd miles to go, and uh, my spirits are soaring on this November lunchtime. As I watch the drops of rain Weave their weary paths and die I know that I am like the rain There before the grace of you go I well, I'm afraid to say my euphoria didn't last much longer than another half a mile up the road because basically I'm navigating because I don't I, I didn't do I didn't do my prep properly for this ride at all surprise surprise and I so I'm navigating with one earpiece in and Google Maps using the cycle route which is always a disaster and um, it just started to have a meltdown in the <coughs> in those uh, country lanes and it started saying do a U-turn in a hundred yards do a U-turn do a U-turn do a U-turn so I just started spinning around in a circle so I had to bust out of that sort of death loop get back onto the A30 and I basically stayed onto the A30 and it took me all the way into Basingstoke and onto the most terrifying ring road um, at which point I kind of like uh, abandoned again and reprogrammed it and, and then it went into another death loop in the middle of Basingstoke where it, well, it started to rain and uh, then I eventually uh, got on the road to Overton and I've arrived actually just about maybe almost an hour ahead of schedule because I simply haven't stopped and um, my room's not ready I just wanted a hot shower and to collapse anyway day one of my my uh, epic journey is done so the radio's on the kettle's just coming to a boil in my uh, in my bed and breakfast room in Overton in Hampshire did I even say when I did my little closing piece yesterday that that's where I was staying? Um, anyway, that's that's where I've woken up. And in my meticulous attention to detail and the way that I planned my routes, I, for some reason, ahead of this ride, I, I'd kind of thought that day two, where I'm heading towards um, my uh, my wife's cousin's house in uh, near Shepton Mallet, um, would be would be by far shorter. Um, I just decided that that was the case but just get some sugar in this tea um but uh, uh it was based on nothing really other than uh, wishful thinking because i did a bit of rudimentary route planning in other words i put it into google maps last night and it turns out i've got 82 miles to go and it's quite hilly some of it as well today so okay, another quite a long day and um it's six o'clock in the morning sun won't be up for another hour but i think i need to get going in the in the Hours of Darkness, Tour de France style, 1923 Tour de France style, uh, otherwise it might be <clears throat> quite uncomfortable just having to keep riding and keep riding and keep riding to make the cut-off of sunset today. Um, so there we go. Well, as you might be able to hear, uh, I'm not on a road, I'm in the middle of some profoundly dark, very beautiful woods. My route just took me straight out of the village, past the church, just chiming half past six in the darkness, and uh, into some woods, straight onto a footpath. And I, I was kind of already committed, and then it got past the point of 
needing to turn back and then my pannier got deformed so the back end of it keeps rubbing into the spokes and going dang 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 dang, dang bringing me to a halt so I've had to put it un- unnaturally far forward it's really heavy as well on the on my rack so that every time my left pedal comes up it my heel brushes against the pannier and I've been just been riding through mud every time it, I can't really see what I'm doing but every time uh, the mud gets a bit deeper it's like someone just pulls the brakes on I don't quite know how I haven't managed to fall off yet but if it wasn't for the fact that I had an enormously long bike ride ahead of me this would be amazing so to my left just I can just stop now through the oak trees and the beech trees I can just see because I'm on slightly higher ground an extensive view of Hampshire and even though the clouds are over above me they're clearing in the east and I can just see this absolutely fiery orange red strip all the way along the horizon of light from where the sun is rising on day two of my big adventure but I mean I this has to stop I, I need some tarmac soon Well, uh, you'll be pleased to know, perhaps, I got out of the woods. Another couple of miles of trundling along through mulch and puddles and then some very stony bits. But I survived and I dropped back down to the main road. And then my route has taken me actually onto some really lovely lanes. Uh, so it's gorgeous. The sun's up now. It's light. A little bit of traffic here. But I've, I've just come through um, this village called St Mary Bourne along the Bourne River Valley heading, I think, north with Andover just to our our west and at St Mary Bourne is one of those like every other building is thatched but like thatched in a really perfect way and uh, it's like a kind of like a kind of almost pornographically English village it's just little flint cottages and I'm just standing here by the war memorial it's amazing really that I just kind of forget I forget where I live that there are bits of England that are like this maybe you live in one yourself it's pretty remarkable really Andover uh, as I say it's just, I'm looking at a sign that says <coughs> Andover four and a half miles away is where I was born my mum and dad were teachers in Hampshire and uh, yes I spent the first few years of my life not that I can remember much of it uh, in Hampshire and uh, <laughs> a few years ago I was I think someone had looked at my Wikipedia page which says born in Andover I have no connection with Andover but I was invited to come down and present the Andover Sports Personality of the Year Awards (laughs) and I did (laughs) I was invited to make a speech uh, recounting my fond recollections of Andover Adieu les mille, je t'aimais bien Adieu les mille, je t'aimais bien Tu sais on a chanté les mêmes vins On a chanté les mêmes filles On a chanté les mêmes chagrins Adieu les mille Well, this has been completely different from uh, yesterday's sort of quite hellish at times quite rainy ride out of London and through Surrey Obviously not my favourite county, I think we've covered that but um, crossed into Wiltshire some time ago and... Uh, it's a beautiful county of Wiltshire, about which I know little except for the former uh, ruler editor Ian Cleverly comes from Wiltshire. That's about all I can tell you. Um, I'm, uh, it's been great. I've picked up for some time now, just leaving Pusey, the little town of Pusey, which is very pretty. I uh, picked up a, um, 
a national cycle route, Route 4, although confusingly it's also called 45 at different points, which is standard for Sustrans, isn't it? Um, and it's brought me to a canal um, where I've uh, just just been through Devizes in Wiltshire, and I've just been riding along this canal path. Absolutely lovely. Everyone out walking dogs. I've passed for the first time two cyclists just out for a ride. One lady all clad in raffa uh, who's going very, very fast. And I didn't even bother to try and uh, make a conversation with her or uh, keep up with her or anything. And then uh, shortly before I got onto the uh, canal path, there was a chap just going out with a bobble hat on on a rather clunky old Halfords sort of mountain bike situation. And uh, exchanged a little hello with him. And on, on we went on our way. So I'm about, it's a little bit over halfway now. I think I'm in the sort of 38 miles to go, something like that. It's just going to take me the best part of three and a half hours for sure. And I'm terrified that I didn't check the route properly, which is obviously the case, and that I might end up having to go up into the Mendips. Is that possible? I like the sound of it. Well, it was all right. It was all right until um, I got fed up with the uh, the canal path <laughs> between Devizes and Trowbridge. Trowbridge, 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 is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, just it was just like a way of riding your bike you know if you've got to go f- quite a long way and um, you've got to kind of clip on a bit as well then a muddy canal path that's only about two foot wide and full of poor folk um, walking their dogs and getting annoyed by me um, wasn't the perfect solution and um and nor was the fact that my brake calipers and everything were just gummed up with leaves and mud. Um, at, one, at one point, actually, I, I stopped him because I saw a bloke pressure washing his van and I asked him to if, if I could borrow his pressure washer, which I did. And But then within about a mile, it had clogged up again. And also my pannier that I switched switched over to the other side. and, and But then it just started sliding all over the place. And so anyway, it's been quite hard. And I was starting to run out of time in Trowbridge, and I just had to decide to pick up staying with some cousins of Kath, Kath's, actually my partner, um, a couple of miles from Shepton Mallet. And I basically had to pick up the road, you know, the, the way you drive it um, in a car for the last 25 miles. And then it was just massive trucks thundering past me. The wind picked up and it was right in my face and it just started to drizzle. And it was up and down and up and down on the A316 or 361 or something. And it was vile for the last 25 miles. So, <sighs> questioning questioning why, why I've done this anyway. One more day of, of riding tomorrow. But the countryside, I'm looking out of my spare room window here with these, uh, these distant relatives who have very kindly put me up and the this house is just amazing and the countryside is absolutely beautiful these rolling hills and these little fields and all this um very wintry woodland now all the leaves have fallen winter is settling in and it's getting dark
Oh. Heavy. I'm just pushing my bike up a quite steep concrete farm track and away from uh, my hosts last night in this wonderful part of the Mendips. I think it's the Mendips anyway. Um, and yeah, I was fed. Great company, mashed potato, big mound of Brussels sprouts and broccoli and a rich stew. And I was asleep fairly early. Um, uh, just before I went to sleep, I checked, checked the weather forecast and it said for the last sort of 55, 60 miles of my ride, there's going to be a consistent and strong headwind right from the west all the way into my face, all the way to the finish line near, Dun- uh, near Minehead in Dunster. So, last push, last push, but it's dry and the hills around a beautiful dotted with little sheep and three very dark coloured black, almost black, jet black cows standing in a field next to me, one of whom has just evacuated their bowels uh, quite, um, well, sort of unfazed by my attention, just standing there gazing at me. Uh, while just a torrent of excrement fell out of its rear end. And on that note, I leave behind the farming community of this area and set off on the long road, final part of the long road to my head. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. first snag of the day. Um, I'm just skirting Wells to the south and heading towards Glastonbury and along National Cycle Route 3 which, go, which goes along this valley and it's there's a, there's a road, a very straight road called Long Drove, single track road, goes on for about two or three miles. It started off fine but now it's basically kind of underwater and I'm riding through mostly just water, uh, very slowly, because I don't want to get absolutely soaked. And also, I don't, I don't know how deep some of these puddles are in the middle. My average speed is dropping to about two miles an hour at the moment. Never been to Glastonbury. Uh, don't think I want to. I think I think it's probably something I should have done if I was going to do it 25 years ago. But it's kind of weird. I, I absolutely love the West Country if Somerset counts, which it does, doesn't it? I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's one of those beautiful parts of 
the country. But I kind of think urbanites like me and Londoners or whatever, just people from all around the country should leave it alone and stop sort of fetishising it a little bit. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a long, slow ride along this stretch at least. So I stopped in Glastonbury for breakfast um, at a little cafe. It was the only one open actually, it was, quite, it was only about half past eight. I thought, a place like Glastonbury, but bustling, but every other single cafe wasn't open until nine. And for the second time on my little trip, I've, gone, I've walked into, there was one in Overton and also in Glastonbury. I've walked into cafes that have been quite big and completely empty where I've been the only customer. And because I've, I'm not travelling with a bike lock, I've, I've wondered if I could uh, just bring my bike inside and just lean it up against the wall inside. And both occasions, it, they've, it's been a flat no. <laughs> the, guy, the guy in Overton said, uh, said no. And I said, um, why is that? He goes, because you can't. And I went, yeah, but why? And he goes, because you can't. And that was the end of that conversation. The guy today just now said, uh, no, you no. And then I shrugged and sort of looked slightly, looked looked around the cafe as if to suggest why not, because it's quite a scruffy cafe as well. And uh, and then he just said, "Is that right?" <laughs> to which I I had no reply really. Yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Anyway, it's very beautiful here. So I'm looking. I've just stopped because I'm just t- going to take it so easy today. I'm looking north, and I can see the ridge of the Mendip Hills, and I'm on the very northern border of the the, the Somerset Levels, which were kind of carved out in the Ice Age, weren't they? They're amazing. They are slightly underwater, as I've alluded to, but um, but really beautiful actually. Uh, the Avalon Marshes is where I find myself now on National Cycle Route Three which um, so far, I mean, it's the, again, the satnav has taken me off off the tarmac, so I'm always kind of like slightly worried about what's going to be around the corner, but so far it's just about rideable. And, uh, but it's another very grey day and these clouds just scudding across uh, the sky. I mean, it's just a wall of grey, really. There's no, t- there's no even little tiny rips in the, in the cloud cover of blue. So it's pretty bleak. And I don't know, I need to reflect on it. Britain is in the winter, and now it is winter, isn't it? it looks like it, feels like it. But Britain is quite, it's quite bleak in the winter, isn't it, really? Especially when the sun doesn't shine. I think when the sun shines, everything changes. But... Hey-ho, 40-odd miles to go. The future's been sold Every night we're gone I mean, National Cycle Route 3 is good, actually. It's, I can go straight back onto Tarmac Roads, these Tarmac Roads that kind of slightly elevated, crisscross this marshy land, the Somerset Levels, at kind of 90 degrees. So you go straight on, 90 degree left, 90 degree right. Uh, so it's actually a really good route that just takes you through this extraordinary landscape. I've never been here before. Never been to the Somerset Levels. It's... At at points it's like a marsh um reeds and rushes and great big ponds that extend kind of either side of the road it's almost underwater 
Um, and then every now and again on the side of the road, right ahead of me now, there's a mulching, a wood mulch plant. And then I've just passed an enormous compost uh, repository, quarry or something, with literally a compost mountain and a digger um, eating into it and then getting bagged up for the, in the kind of quantities and size of bag that you'll see at garden centres near you. At God knows what sort of cost to the environment anyway. But it... it it's, the, it's a landscape that's really reminded me of this book that I started reading when I collapsed onto my bed at, uh, in Overton two days ago. Um, just took it with me. It's a Fitzcarraldo uh, book, which if you don't know my obsession with Fitzcarraldo, they're just, without fail, just really interesting fiction by a French writer called Mathias Enard. And it's translated. Um, it's called The Annual Banquet of the Gravedigger's Guild. And it's all set in um, in this village in in uh, sort of central western France called Deux Sèvres and uh, all the various different slightly run-down and lugubrious characters who through time have lived in this little village and uh, a young ethnologist from Paris uh, writing his PhD comes down to study them as, a, as, a, as an anthropologist might. But just to the just outside the village there's this extensive part of um, this region of France called the Marais Poitevin, which this isn't made up, really exists, which is a marshland where I've, I've never been, or if I have, I kind of crisscrossed it a bit like the Somerset levels without realising what's what's going on there. And according to this book, um, they, there are there is a tradition of kind of taking punts, like Cambridge or Oxford punts, across this marsh. Um, to get f- to kind of island hop between these different spaces that are liminal, that are kind of half water, half land. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Oh, by the way, just before I get back on my bike, quick tech update. My bike's kind of holding up okay, but I am sort of restricted to um, my... I've got what people unkindly call granny gears. So I've got three chain rings at the front, and I, I'm sort of restricted to my middle ring at the moment because the big ring is deformed. So the chain makes a really annoying when I'm on the big ring kind of with each pedal revolution so anyway my legs agree with me that I'm probably the wisest thing is just to go on the middle ring and finally on day three I've fixed the pannier situation which has been annoying me and slipping and rubbing on the spokes pretty much the whole way until I, I got some insulating tape and some string and fettled a complete solution that so far is holding up so it's only taken me three days to sort that out <laughs> anyway if I carry on just stopping all the time to talk to you lot I'm never going to get there though the words are wrong it really 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 could happen yes it really 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 could happen when the days they seem to fall through you will just Well, I'm sure that Bridgewater isn't called Bridgewater because of this satanic, vast bridge that I am standing under now that carries aloft above my head uh, five lanes, six lanes of the M5. Uh, but that's where I am. I tell you what, cycle National Cycle Route 3, that at times is called National Cycle Route 33, and it's actually no longer called National Cycle Route 3, but... European Route 1 there's a sort of kind of European I don't know, I just don't get it anyway but 
it's been my friend. It's taken me all the way from Glastonbury to Bridgewater and um, uh, where I, I'm just about to pass the other side of the M5. And that's where, for me, the real West Country begins. So it feels like a bit of a kind of, in terms of getting out of London, shooting the M25, to get to the M5 and beyond, feels like an accomplishment of sorts. But I've still got to get up into the Quantox Hills and, uh, and the fringes of Exmoor and get myself to the finish line. Progress though, progress. And by the way, the music that you've listened to in this edit, I'm jumping the gun here because obviously I have no idea what the edit's going to sound like, I haven't edited it yet, but my ambition is to mix in into this edit the music that I have periodically been listening to throughout the ride. And um, the music I'm listening to right now is Oh Marion by Paul Simon <laughs> from his uh, underappreciated album One Trick Pony. Oh, Marion, I think I'm in trouble here. I should have believed you when I heard you sing it. The only time that love is an easy game is when two other people lifetime ago when I was just turned 17 I went I <coughs> went to uh, live in Munich to learn how to speak German and I worked for a freight company uh, in the office and also in the warehouse and uh, that's a long story for another day but I went to see Paul Simon uh, on the Graceland tour that's how old I am <coughs> with Hugh Masekela and Miriam Ke what's her name um, Miriam Makeba um, etc in the uh, in the Olympic Olympia Halle in the Olympic Park in Munich. <laughs> Suddenly remembered that. Um, anyway, the sun's come out for the. I've got 19 miles left to go, and the sun is actually quite warm, and it's come out for the first time on this ride, and it's quite pleasant. And I've stopped in a little village called Spaxton, with a really lovely little community shop that's run by it's a little post office and um, some locals who run it with a great deal of love and they've made me a cup of tea for £1.60 and an apple actually I got an apple and a cup of tea for £1.64 I think the tea was one thirty, and the apple was 34p yep and ahead of me on the road I can see the ridge of the Quantox Hills but separating me from Dunstan my final destination I've got to get over that and I know it's going to hurt a lot but I seem to remember from my one or two trips to the Quantox when you get up and inside into the middle of them they are amongst the most beautiful hills in this sceptered this sceptered isle which is looking a lot more welcoming now the sun is out Just going to take in the view here, a little signpost called Binkham Cross, just in the lower slopes of the Quantocks. But it's probably my last opportunity before I get too deep into the hills to turn around and look uh, back east 
to where I've come from this morning. In fact, you know, right back to where I came from when I set off two days ago. But I can just about make out the Somerset levels here in the mist. And the sun is out now. It's beautiful. The wind's died away. And I can see the line of the Mendips, the other side of that valley. And over to my left, I can see the Bristol Channel and the tall masts of the nuclear power station that they're building there. The Hinkley Point, I think that's what it's called. And... Um, Oh, it's wonderful. It's very, very peaceful now. Lovely and warm. And I'm just going to take a moment here. There's a stone stone bench uh, just next to a very graceful sycamore tree that's lost all of its leaves and is just standing next to me, looking down, wondering what a, what a podcast is. At least I think that's what it's, I think that's what it's doing. Oh, this was worth it. This was really worth it now. Glad I did it. Glad I did it. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark in ten hours of game. All those moments will be lost in time. Oh, and sure enough, from that crossroads, turn left, and then pretty much straight away, it kicks up violently, steeply, and that's the bit I remember now, Quantock Common. You go over a cattle grid and into a, a nature reservation, and uh, it's amazing. There's, no, I, there's nowhere I've been like it. It's a thick, old forest with quite short trees either side, but old, old, old mixture of birch and beech and some oak and ivy wrapping around the trunks of these old trees leaning over you kind of in one of those archways that you ride through the single track road and to my left because all the leaves have fallen the sun is uh, kind of flickering through these empty branches total peace and quiet except for the car that's just coming inevitably I think it's the first one I've seen but I remember driving here on my way to do the darts a few years ago and discovering it by accident and by from a car and uh, when I got to the, the hotel at the end I remember messaging Mick Bennett saying you've got to take the tour of Britain here and there's no way you could have a finish up here although what a prospect that would be but to see the race come over here would be, be pretty amazing although maybe it's best just left Worth a visit, guys. woods now onto the top of the common um, and it, it's just gorse and bracken and the sat nav has rooted me completely off the road in fact the road seemed to sort of shoot off in totally the wrong directions so I had no choice and now I've got mile after mile of rutted very rough 
uh, kind of bridal way to deal with mud, puddles and wind. And it's going to slow me down substantially just what I can do without it. But my God, it's beautiful. To my right then, a whole of the Bristol Channel and to my left, the Quantock's just rolling away where the sun is just meandering now around slowly towards the west. It's amazing up here. But these last few miles are agonising. And that's that. I made it to a lovely hotel that we always stay in in Dunster. Um, and yeah, turns out, and I must consult Pete and David about this, that actually if you, the lesson learned is that if you practice something, it gets easier. So as tired as I am, um, three days of doing sort of six, seven hour rides, turns out you get a bit stronger. And I actually felt quite good on the bike today. Although descending off the Quantox on that stony path was, well, it was actually quite exhilarating. I don't quite know how I got away with it. Anyway, there you go. Um, cycling in November in England is a bit of a curate's egg. At times it was grim, but the reward was right at the end. And there's a nice narrative structure for you right there because the sun came out and I finished it with a real smile on my face. It was pointless. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 